Hello, everyone. This is Dante from the Dopio Podcast, and this week is going to be a little bit different. Um, my dad was a little bit under the weather um, yesterday, uh, which is when we typically record. Um, for those of you who aren't or who aren't listening to this on the day that this comes out, uh, yesterday was um, Saturday uh, in America. So usually we record um, that night and then I'll do some editing and we'll put it out um, a little bit behind the scenes information. However, he was feeling a little bit under the weather and to be cautious, um, we delayed things a bit and uh, I wasn't sure that he was actually going to be able to record this week. So the first segment you're going to hear is going to be me um, alone uh, for about 20 minutes, maybe. Um, and then you'll we'll have our regularly scheduled um, duo as my dad is now feeling better. Um, so I hope you enjoy. Sorry for it being weird. And um, thanks for listening again uh, to the Dopio podcast. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Dopio. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, uh, Dante. Uh, my dad's currently under the weather, so it's just going to be me today. So uh, I'll try to give you a double shot alone. Uh, but let's see. So this week, we've really seen the expansion of the coronavirus ec- epidemic uh, in America um, and here where I live in Japan. Um, so I wanted to touch on that a little bit. Um, because it requires some special attention. Um, This will be a little bit shorter than usual um, as far as my extended comments, and that's mostly because I'm by myself and I don't want to talk your ear off alone. Um, But um, as of right now, there's been over 700,000 cases of coronavirus globally. Now, that number seems a little low um, considering what everyone... Um, is assuming is what millions of people have gotten it. Um, This can be a mistake in reporting, but honestly, it's not that low when you think about it. Um, You know, 33,000, yeah, 33,000 people have died um, so far worldwide. And that's a big number. I don't care what the numbers are for the flu or what other other comparison you want to make. This many people have died in a very short period of time. um, And that's a tragedy. Um, and how people have responded, um, not people, but how governments have responded, um, have largely affected how um, those cases are, are, are trending. So you see places um, that are trending downward, um, like China and Korea, um, China allegedly, of course. Um, and then you see the places that are trending upward, uh, namely America, Japan, Italy, um, though Italy's um, has supposedly been to the curve, so we'll see if they're going to be going down. Spain um, is also seeing uh, some rising numbers. Um, but these places have all had different reactions um, and different sort of guidelines through the process. So um, from that, you've seen um, a number of successes and um, some not so successful stories from uh, those responses. Um Namely, um, in America, you're seeing a widespread push uh, for quarantine, which has been underway for about two weeks now. 
in earnest for two weeks now. Um, I would like to say that it could have been done earlier, as everyone knows it could have been done earlier. Um, But there were some concerns and there are some continual concerns about people being able to take care of themselves financially during this process. Uh, I can speak for for many that um, I see and talk to online that some jobs just aren't going to pay um, during this time period of extended time off. Now, your celebrities and TikTok warriors will have you believe that this is a vacation. It's not. It's not a vacation. It's certainly not a vacation to those of us who have to pay bills. Um, It's certainly not a vacation for those that don't know um, if they're going to have enough money to extend them um, for the duration of this unknown process. So it's a little insensitive for those to say, oh, well, it's just a vacation, you know, just hang out, work out and uh, do some TikTok, like, okay, yeah, that that works to distract yourself from the ongoing problem that is the coronavirus and the financial crisis that's going on in a number of countries. Now, um, like I said, other countries have um, addressed this differently. Uh, So today I'm primarily going to talk about the response um, from Japan um, in comparison to America, because that's what I know best, because I live in Japan. Um, And I've been living in Japan for about three years now. Well, almost three years now. And the response here has been interesting. You know, we haven't had students in schools since February 28th, actually. Um, So we have quarantined our kids um, for a very long time. I'm a school teacher. um, So it's been the longest. This has been the longest amount of time that I have been out of the classroom since I began teaching. And to that end... They wanted to protect kids um, because, of course, like those are our those are our future treasures. Actually, those are our current treasures and the future of the world. So, of course, we would like to protect them. And that has had um, some success as far as we haven't had many kids getting it um, or it hasn't been reported at least. And you're going to hear me keep saying it hasn't been reported because there's been some mistake in, in mistakes in reporting saying, oh, well, someone has died of pneumonia and that pneumonia was caused by coronavirus. And some people aren't making that connection. Um, but back to our regularly scheduled programming, the like the Japanese response has been largely, hey, telework if you can. If you can't go to work as you do, um, restaurants, please. And notice how it's a request, not a command. Please um, avail yourself to take out and delivery kind of orders um, and try not to have high capacity um, situations in your restaurants. Uh, meanwhile, amusement parks have closed. Um, Tokyo Disney uh, Land and Sea has been closed since uh the first week of March, and I don't think it will be open again. Um, they're projecting out until mid to the end of April. Um, so there is an extended, uh, an extended process by which they're trying to protect people from themselves. Um, but, but um, the transportation in Japan is highly congested. Um, you have trains going in and out of Tokyo. Um, major metropolitan areas with the highest population density, um, large swaths of people every day, sharing air in these trains, um, packed trains. So um, in a way, it was inevitable uh, for the current uh, for the current events 
um, to have transpired. And what are those current events? Well, the last three days have been the largest spot daily spikes each day that um, Japan has had in coronaviruses. Now, it's not comparable to say Italy or something to that effect. Um, there has been it was 40, then 60, then 200 respectively. Um, I think um, from those numbers, we're going to see a continued rise. Um, and there has been some response from the Japanese government saying that they're going to do more to try to um, curb uh, any more or any large uh, contractions or any large groups of people getting this disease. But at this point, you got to start thinking to yourself that this isn't something that's happening day by day. This is something that happened two weeks ago. Um, the incubation or the, I guess, the, the time period by which you don't show symptoms is 10 to 14 days. So whatever happened 10 to 14 days ago is the cause of whatever is happening right now. Now, that can be a good thing, um, especially if your numbers are especially high right now, um, but you've done radical response in the meantime which means this is as high as it's going to get and it's going to go down which japan is possibly seeing that now america on the other hand is not seeing that uh, because they haven't really been implementing implementing this process um, for as long and for as stringently um, as other countries have whereas you had uh, you had complete shutdown of the streets um, in italy and they were still um, having issues um, addressing the, the crisis. You had complete shutting downs of the streets um, in Korea and China, and they were still having a hard time with the process. America was having a hard time shutting everything down. You had a lot of pushback from individuals and from city and state governments uh, who had their skepticism about not only the disease, but also they were just skeptical uh, skeptical, excuse me, about how it was being addressed. Now, this is partially because of the president who um, he himself was skeptical and he, he himself played down um, the, the potential dangers of this uh, crisis. Now that time has gone on, it's, it went from a hoax to now the real deal and he's trying to play catch up with the world as far as the uh, as far as the response is concerned and it, it may be too little too late for many people um, honestly um, the reports are coming in of people um, having died um, and it's it's disheartening um, and it's certainly disappointing uh, as this could have largely been avoided if um the president of the United States had really taken this seriously from the start. And I commend uh, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe for taking it seriously. However, Japan is a very different country than America. Um, once something is very serious in America, the government is given a lot of power to control and to shut down things. Uh, for better or for worse, America does have a structure in place to shut things down. Um, uh, Japan does not. Uh, just recently, they passed a, um, a national disaster declaration um, powers law that gives the prime minister the, the power to declare a natural disaster or um, a state of disaster as you would have it in America. 
this does not give him as much power as um, it gives American states and uh, the American president once a state of emergency is declared there. Um, once declared in Japan, the powers are limited to what the prime minister says the prefectures, which are like the states, should do. And, whereas, and then the prefectures will have to implement the process from there. This has not turned out well. Um, it hasn't been implemented yet, for one. And for two, um, we're seeing that as vigilant as people have been over the past couple of weeks, Osaka is still um, seeing a large rise in uh, virus contraction. Uh, Tokyo is seeing a, a rise in a number of people who have it. And um, time will only tell how many people will actually get it and die from it. I mean, Japan is a very, um, is an aging culture, um, excuse me, an aging people. Um, so it's very top heavy. Um, and with a virus such as this, it's, it's very dangerous um, for the elderly people here. Um, and all it takes is a few people in a few nursing homes and we have a complete catastrophe. Um, and just today, uh, we lost a, a major, major entertainer um, in Japan. Uh, he, was a, um, he was a comedian and uh, it, it really doesn't feel real. Um, Ken Shimura, um, he was this very he was this iconic comedian um, who I actually watched on TV quite a bit um, this past year. Well, he died of pneumonia caused by coronavirus. Um, and this is a, this was a healthier old man. Um, and we're seeing the same kind of thing everywhere um, where healthy people or healthier people are dying from the coronavirus, um, which is it goes it runs counter to what we were assuming was the case which was weakened people older people super young people or the immunocompromised were the most affected by the coronavirus those are the people that were dying not so fast now you're strong people you're healthy people you're middle-aged people the people that you weren't expecting to 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 die from it and possibly the people that were less vigilant and this is no fault on them but were less vigilant about it are now dying from it. Um, so the response of the government is absolutely, absolutely the most important thing at this point. And yes, personal protection is is always, um, um, always the rule of the day. You should always work to protect yourself as best you can. Um, but you know we're seeing a lot large projections, <laughs> large projections, and, and and that takes us to. The next step of this, um, America's projecting that at least, um, at least early projections are that two million people, um, two million people could die in America. Now, I, I gawk <laughs> at that number. I, I balk at that number actually because I'm like two point two million people dying. I just I, it's, it's hard to think about that. Um, you know, I think that America's doing its best right now to handle it. Um, but when you talk about a number that big, 
if that number comes to pass, if we even get anywhere close to that number, uh, their the response is going to be heavy, um, quite heavy. Um, so uh, I wanted to talk uh, some more about what you can personally do um, and what you can personally look at uh, as time is going by. Um, as far as the coronavirus is concerned, your government's response, local, state, and um, federal, or uh, if you're in Japan, your your local, uh, prefectural, and your uh, Japan-wide government, um, what you can look at um, as far as understanding the crisis itself. Uh, many people are saying, well, am I taking this serious enough? Um, most of you are. Uh, most people are taking this serious enough. Yes, of course, you're going to have the people that are at the beaches or, or um, doing ridiculous things um, despite what they've been told. Um, but most people are taking this seriously. But we need you to protect yourselves and protect other people. Um, hoarding is not a good idea right now, um, especially with supply lines um, being what they are, especially with the number of workers not being at work um, it's just, it puts um, a strain on a, a system that doesn't need the strain right now. Um, we have grocery stores that are staying open um, and possibly endangering themselves um, to make sure that you can eat. Um, so please, please don't buy up your entire stores assuming that like um, the worst thing is possible. You know, one thing that actually bothers me, and I think it's the dumbest thing in the world, I, I see people um, buying like, five cartons of eggs, three gallons of milk. Um, and I think to myself, well, let's see, the expiration date on milk is two weeks. And unless you have a fort full of cereal, there it makes no sense that you're buying three gallons of milk. What are you doing? Why are you buying six dozen eggs? What are you doing? Like, think about the next person. Think about the person that can't rush in and buy everything, that doesn't have the money that like that. Um, we really have to be considerate in these times. And that's the best protection um, that you can do for other people is being considerate. If you have symptoms, be seen. I know in America, like the health insurance um, crisis um, is, is a terror. It, it, it really is. And actually someone just died um, the other day because he was told that he could not be seen at a hospital or urgent care facility because um, he didn't have insurance. As they were um, taking him to the emergency room um, at another hospital, he fell into a coma, he died. I don't care if you don't have health insurance. If you feel like you have the symptoms, go get seen. Do not wait for anyone to take care of you. Do not think to yourself, well, I can't afford it. You can't afford not to go. It could be the death of you and it could be the death of your entire family because they can contract the disease from you. And it's important to look beyond that. Look six degrees beyond what you're, what you're doing right now. You give it to your family. If your family is going out and traveling, they're giving it to whomever they're talking to or they're around and they're giving it to their family and they're on their so on and so forth that's that exponential growth that people are talking about protect yourself by getting seen protect your your neighbor protect your friends by being considerate and then 
as for your your country, whatever country, whatever government you might be from, protect your government and protect um, your your leaders by being informed. It's so important these days to really dig into the information and understand what's happening right now. I know it's it's boring sometimes. I know that there's a lot of conflicting information. Find the the most objective reporting you can, and that's going to be your science sites, um, your WHOs. Anything that's science related is going to be peer reviewed and objective. Look at that. Don't look at your your what you go to for politics. Find a new source for science and let that be your guide. Um, I'm going to take a break here, and then when we when we come back.、Um, I'm going to get into some of the politics、um, of what's been going on for the past week.、Um, so stay tuned. Just give me a quick little break here. Thanks for listening. Okay, and we're back. And、uh, I know I said I was going to be solo, but、uh, my dad is now feeling better.、Um, For those of you out there that were worried, he did not get coronavirus.、Um, no, I did not. <laughs> he、uh, he had a little sinus infection, but he is he is、uh, recovered and he's with us now. So、um, we're back to our regularly scheduled dopio duo.、Um, so you good? Can we go? Yeah, we're good. We're good to go.、Um, I'm corona free on this end.、Um, you know, thank God and everything.、Um, But yeah, you know, so you know, you were saying you were talking about you know the stimulus and what other countries are doing、um, in order to、uh, to ward off the economic, the perceived economic disaster that's、um, supposed to be coming. And you know, and, and what I really wanted to just address with that is that a lot of people have always been facing economic disaster. You know, it doesn't become a、um, You know, a, a a big crisis until, you know, in, in layman's terms, till rich people get affected. You know, so big businesses get threatened. You know,、yeah. but there's always there's always been poor people. You know, and and I'm not going to make this a racial thing, but a more or less a class thing. You know, there's always been a lower class that struggled and lived、Absolutely. paycheck to paycheck. You know,、um, this so-called stimulus.、Um, Package in regards to the、uh, coronavirus is really is really for the rich, you know, because twelve hundred dollars ain't nothing for the poor, and not everybody's even getting it. They're making the lower the lower level people have has to jump through so many hoops in order to get it. They're trying to say that they're making it simple, but、um, I read something last night that you have to go online、uh, to IRS dot. Corona stimulus dot、uh, gov in order to put out a、um, to, to do another tax return. Well, no, that, no, no. that that's a little bit like、uh, misconstrued. It's if you have if you don't have any direct deposit information on file or you haven't filed taxes in the last two years, then they need you to go on and file your taxes now so that they have some sort of、um, getting it to you get it to you faster than.、Um, It, then it would be by snail mail, and、exactly. and that's all. That's all and good. 
then you gotta ask yourself, why haven't some of these people filed taxes in the past couple of years? What's going on with them? Because working if they're getting the table. Right. You know, working under the table. And um, because of, you know, for whatever reason, um garnish for uh credit rating, whatever the case may be, convicted felons, you know, no regardless of what the situation is, if it's if it's for everybody, let it be for everybody. You know, um but to my original point, there's always been people facing economic disaster. You know, not even living so not as so much as living paycheck to paycheck, but living hoping that they're gonna receive some sort of paycheck for the next paycheck. You know. So I'm not I'm not like a lot of people are excited about the stimulus. To me it's just it's 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 a slap in the face. Because the rich are still gonna profit off of this. You know, um how we're gonna look on the other side of this, that's you know, that's something that we can talk about too. But the whole stimulus package thing and how it came about to me is, is if it wasn't so sad and how it's gonna hurt people, it'd be laughable. Yeah, and I, in my last segment, um, I talked about how uh, the world is responding uh, medically. Um, America has re- not really been too concerned medically about uh, its response to coronavirus. They've been more concerned economically, and namely for the reason that you said, because um, it's a country that's basically focused on the rich. Um, and you're talking about uh, there's always there's always been a lower class. Well, the way America's situa- uh, economic situation is set up, they need a lower class. Um, make no mistake, American democracy is, uh, is a guise for, uh, I would say, an aristocratic republic um, where the rich um, rule and the poor supply the rich with the means to rule. Um, this stimulus, um, as it was taking shape, I was excited at first. I was super excited because I saw a lot of populist principles Um, A lot of ideas that were floated in the Democratic primary uh, that actually um, I really loved. Um, But then the lobbyists started getting busy. And there's something that everyone needs to know out there. Everyone needs to know when there is a catastrophe, whether it be a social, political or a war type catastrophe, this is when lobbyists go into overdrive. Because they can take advantage of any perceived weakness based on the American public's necessity to have some sort of reaction. So whenever these things happen, whether it be 9-11 or the Great Recession in 2008 or now the Corona Recession, you're going to see lobbyists go into overdrive. Why? Because this is where they get their money. This is where they make their deals. And it was no mistake. It was no, and I I don't want to drone on. Um, It was no mistake that this big, big stimulus package was tied to corporate bailouts. You want to know why it was tied to it? Because there's no freaking way that anyone would have signed up for corporate bailouts if it was a standalone bill. No one would do it. So they had to to leverage and hold people's money uh, hostage so that corporations could get their bailouts so the these politicians can get their money on the back end and what did what did the people get out of it 1200 measly dollars that on, and, 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 go ahead, sorry. i'm sorry go ahead no no I, my last point to that is that 1200 how far is that going to go well let's see the median rent for america is 900 dollars 
Okay, so let's <laughs> let's say that you're you're at the median. That's nine hundred. You got three hundred left. You got electricity, water, gas, if you got it, um, to pay for, and you have food to pay for. And that's not to that's not to uh, to add to it. If you have um, some other costs, um, such as uh, exactly um, the means by which you get to work, and then that's not even addressing the biggest issue: health care. Like, hmm. So that twelve hundred dollars, that that's a slap in the face, and it's basically telling you to shut up while the big yeah. uh, while the big boys are talking. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean. The stimulus package was was nothing but a corporate bailout, and the only way they can justify doing that is to give some money to um, to the regular people, to ordinary folks, you know, ordinary or everyday people, you know, as rest of development said, you know. So this whole thing has been a bit been about the rich, and and you you touched on something. You said something about um, America being more concerned with the uh, economic. Uh, thing more so than the uh, the medical side. Well, I agree and I disagree. The the government is more concerned with the uh, with the economics, but the people, the common people. I mean, there's been a bunch of stories developing over the past couple of days um, on the medical side of it, not having proper PPE, not um, you know running out of equipment, you know, to treat people, running out of space, hospitals turning people away you know, canceling appointments, things of this nature, and it's getting to the point to where people don't know what to do. You know, you go to the you go to the hospital, you think you have something to turn you away, call us first. You know, when have you ever had to call an emergency room in order to go to the emergency room? You know, if it's yeah. an emergency, you just go to the emergency room. You know, exactly. so, you know, the, on the medical side of it, um, they had a nurse, I, I don't know if you've heard about this yet, but a nurse quit her job um, due to the fact of not having proper equipment, and um, she had she had been recently treated a uh, a patient who tested positive. Um, all her coworkers was notified. You know, all the departments were notified, but she was never notified that the patient um, had, had been tested positive. You know, she found out from another coworker a few days later. You know, um, and in, in the process of taking care of this, this patient, she didn't have the proper equipment. They were reusing the gowns, reusing the mask, um, taking the mask home and bringing it back to work because they didn't have enough. So she quit. She received a lot of backlash being a healthcare professional and not standing, you know, her ground, you know, not holding the line or towing the line, so to say. And, you know, but she came out and spoke openly about it and more was revealed about it is that they're so overwhelmed that things are falling through the crack that could end up being detrimental, not only to the healthcare workers, but people who the healthcare workers come in contact on a daily basis, namely their children, other parents, uh, and so on and so forth. You know, um, we had a personal scare that I couldn't, that I didn't get a chance to tell you about. Um, the sister, my daughter, you know, she works in the emergency room. And uh, her job furloughed her because she became in contact with a patient that was um, that was asymptomatic, and she had to get tested. But here's the thing: she came over to visit us to make sure we were okay before she found out. The next day, after she visited us, she um, 
she found out that she had came in contact with someone who was asymptomatic and um, had been furloughed from work. So we had to kind of isolate, you know, uh, me and my wife. And so, uh, but turned out she got tested. She came up negative for the test. So everything worked out. But it, there's going to be situations where that's not the case. You yeah. Know, so, yeah. I, I, I still don't think that's common people. Like, like I, the common person doesn't take this like as a big deal. Um, and that's partially because of leadership. Right. And, and we can get into semantics of what the common person is and what the common person isn't. But we've been yelling and screaming for three weeks now for people to stay inside and people are still arguing that this isn't a big deal. So, uh, so I, I think that, I mean, that's, that's another issue altogether, but economically, like this is the, like health is not what people are concerned about. Let's, let's be realist of the real. If people were actually concerned about their health, they wouldn't be going to McDonald's every dang day when it was uh, a thing to do. If people were actually worried about their health, then all the gyms wouldn't be just crowded in January, February, they'd be crowded every day of the year. Like right. Americans, generally speaking, are not compare, do not care about their health, especially if their health will come at the expense and expressed expense of their life. Um, so like if people had to choose between being super, super healthy or getting a lot of money, that even not even a lot of money, getting enough money, Some money. They, would for, they would forego their health for money. And yeah. that's the system that we've created. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that like we're economically everyone's focused on that check, but the problem is that check doesn't go far enough. And and you know I, I agree with you, but you say it's a system that we created, but it's 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 always been that way. You know, we even as a kid um, playing playing little league sports, are you hurt or are you injured? Because if you hurt, you can still play. If you're injured, you can't, you know, um, endeavor to persevere. You know, we hear stories of old, regardless of how sick or tired you are, you get up and you go to work, you do what has to be done, regardless of what's going on with you. And health has always been something secondary. People would work, face, literally, literally work themselves to death. Forego yeah, their own well-being in, in, in pursuit of taking care of family, um, you know, inquiring things, material things, and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's a culture that we that we somehow created, but it's also it's also something that's been in place for a very, 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 very long time, dating back generations upon top of generations. And I just don't I don't see that changing. You know, now in, in regards to the uh, the economic part of it, you know. Twelve hundred dollars, um, uh, holding off on uh, student loans, things of that nature. And I think that's some of the things that you were kind of alluding to, as far as yep. uh, the uh, progressive, the, the things that were going on in the primary. Um, that's all well and good, but when six months is up, them loans are gonna come back with eventually. You and know, see, that's what I mean. Like that's the devil yeah. in the detail thing that you're talking about. Like that. Yeah. Like that. That if you really dig into stuff, like they're they're still out to get people. Like um, there's been a moratorium on evictions, like in yeah. many states. However, the details say, oh, 
there's a moratorium on evictions, but that doesn't mean there's a moratorium on your rent. So when this moratorium on evictions is over, if you don't pay all that back rent, uh, right, we we kicking your butt out. Yeah, so, me like, and my me and my wife were uh, kind of joking the other day. We got a um, a letter in the mail from uh, the water company, um, and you know our bills, we pay our bills and everything like that. But it was saying doing this during this strenuous time um, we are not going to cut off anyone's water if uh, they are having trouble paying it. you know and I kind of laughed and joked I said yeah they say that shit but uh, wait till all this is over there's going to be water company trucks posted on every, in every neighborhood going through cutting off people's water because they didn't pay their bill people public, okay. service, public service announcement if you can pay your bills pay your bills you know because these companies are coming for their money. You know what I'm saying? Matter of oh, fact, yeah. they are, they're already plotting and planning on how to get this money back. You know, um, my son, my, your younger brother, he stays in an off-campus apartment. They sent him an email stating, uh, we understand that uh, some of our residents work in fast food and different jobs that have been laid off. Um, but please know that your rent is still due <laughs> on the 5th, by the 5th. And if you have any problems, please contact us and we'll make some arrangements. So this moratorium, don't get caught up. Please read the fine print. So don't think that, you know, okay, it's, it's vacation time and, you know, we don't have to pay anything. Because trust me, when they give you this $1,200 check, that's to shut your ass up temporarily so they can go ahead and pay these big businesses. These folks don't care nothing about you, man. They don't care nothing about you. Exactly. And that's why, like, that's what gets me so upset and where I, I want to transition because it's perfect timing. They don't mm-hmm. care about you. This big they, the corporations, the corporatist politicians, the establishment, they don't care about you. And yet, and yet, look at the politicians um, that are, or look at the politicians that are leading right now. We have Trump, we have Biden. Like and Bernie's still in the race. Like I know people are are confused as to what's going on right now because because I know I haven't said anything on this podcast for three weeks about Ber- Bernie. Oh, we we still here. We're still still here. And and there's a lot of clamoring because all the things that we said for years, like Medicare for all, reconfiguring our economic situation so it works for the people, making sure that we have. Um, an economic bill of rights so that individuals will not be put into bankruptcy um, because of um, some sort of economic fallout that was not their fault. All of these things that we've been saying, reality has just endorsed. And yet, everyone's like, wow, Trump is handling this really well. Are you kidding me? Who said that? He's handling it really well. Exactly. There... There are there's polls saying that he has 55 percent approval rating on how he's handling that. I don't believe Absolutely. that. I, 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 I know, but I don't believe, I don't believe it. Man, anyone who thinks Trump is handling this well is an idiot. Exactly, but you got to think they're grading on a curve, like because he does everything so god awful that when he does something that just, I mean, like keeps the boat from sinking like wow that's a great job for him like, i mean yeah i guess for him <laughs> yeah 200,000 people are still projected to die 
That's yeah. not a win. I mean, when you got a, when you got a guy, a president coming on uh, national TV on a daily basis, there's actually a petition circulating for him not to come on every day and talk. You know, people people are like, well, just shut up. We have governors. We'll listen to our government. Um, but you got a guy that comes on at the beginning of this and saying, you know, okay, we're gonna we're gonna slow everything down until around about the uh, you know, until we get everything under control. Then he comes back and says, well, we're going to be open for business come Easter. Really? You know, yeah. people, really? And, and, then, and then people are saying, then he said, we're handling this, we're doing a really, really great job, and everyone is really, really doing well, and, and Pence is really, really handling. I said, man, really, really shut the hell up, because what you're doing is, is stirring more panic. You know, people aren't really listening to you anymore. You know, we have a governor here in Kentucky, um, Andy Bashir, who is acting more presidential than the president, and he's just the first time term governor. You know, yeah, pretty good guy, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him running for something um, higher in the next uh, four to eight years. But yeah. with everything that's going on, and 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 getting back to to the point that you were making about. You know, um, this re- this new reality is, is proving, you know, what 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 a certain um, group of people were, were predicting and saying. I agree with that. I um, I definitely think that this this outbreak has uh, spotlighted and highlighted, you know, the need for change across the board. You know, uh, to not only to our medical system and healthcare, but education and the way we do business. You know, I think um, we're starting to see. So wait, wait. I want to pause you right there for a second. I just want to, just want to. So it it means that everything should change. Um, so that would mean that I was right. No. <laughs> no. 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 I'm not. Gonna... I'm, like, I'm gonna. I want my flowers while I'm here. Well, you know what? And, and I, and I, 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 hey, be careful what flowers you ask for. I can give you roses or you can be pushing up dates. All oh, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but what I, you know what? You were right in the degree that there, there was a need for change. But it's how we do the change. You can't flip the switch and say, oh, okay, let's do it now. But you also have, and this is something that I, I've been thinking about. You know, um, I'm trying to open my mind up to, to new possibilities and new realities in regards to what you were saying. And, and I do give you credit for that. You know, you, you, you caused me to look at things differently, as well as the coronavirus. Um, if we make these concessions and make these changes, nothing comes for free. There's going to have to be some sacrifices made. And I don't, I don't mean, you know, the fattest calf. I don't mean, you know, just the, the fat at the top, but people will have to start doing things differently. And people don't change, people don't change um, easily. You know, oh, the cry, I know. Look, the cry for universal health care, I mean, healthcare will have a trickle down effect, you know, from the top all the way to the bottom. And, and it goes back to what we kind of talked about last week is that we have to start realizing that what affects one of us will affect all of us. You know, because by redesigning the healthcare system, we're going to cut out big pharmaceuticals. 
We're going to cut out um, the insurance gouging. You know, where are these people going to go? Who are working? Who care? No, okay, let me, oh, let me. Who cares? You say who cares, but there's a child whose parent works in that. Let me, let me, let me respond to that. I don't care about the price gougers, the CEOs that are taking those people and they're using them against the very people of their very own people. People who work up under those CEOs. Let let me, let me, let me Mm -hmm. uh, finish because there is a policy in place. Like there are ideas that have already addressed this. And that's what frustrates me about this process, about all the, like every time I talk about these systemic changes, every time Bernie talks about these systemic changes, everyone's like, oh, what about the people who work for Blue Cross Blue Shield? What about the people that work for these big pharmaceutical companies? Stop. The admin costs like don't match up with the admin work. Medicare for all will need the same amount of administrators that you're using at these companies. The difference is those people will actually get paid, uh, paid what they're worth or paid what their work is worth, as opposed to the CEOs making them do this work at the the lowest, uh, the lowest cost or lowest price technically acceptable and then taking all the money for themselves. Like I get that the big systemic change scares people, but what happens when you say things like that is not you, just you that you're saying something that that is genuine empathy but people use that empathetic line uh, but they use it to manipulate people against their own interests and it's wrong there is a policy in place to transition those people into the new healthcare system so that they can still have work so no child goes hungry because their parents worked for an industry that was known for price gouging the people out of life and limb. So, I, I, so, I, I, so that I dig your passion, and I, and I hear where you're coming from. But it just, to me, it's, it's basic physics. You can't give something without taking away something. And I get what you're saying. You take away from the top, and and you. It's almost it's the um, it's the Robin Hood theory. You know, you take from the rich. It's not. And you get no, 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 no. I, I really want to like. I want to drill this down because it's not just like it's a full scale transition. This isn't Robin Hood. This is the law of equivalent exchange. It's the it's the yeah. Of course, there's the possibility of some being some people being lost in that, but there are transitional processes, and yes. Like there will be like, there will be lean times, but look at the cost of us doing nothing right now. Look at the cost, 200,000 people minimum will die, will die. As opposed to- And you think think that under another system that another outbreak of another particular kind couldn't have the same effect? Well, I mean, let's look at the. Wait a minute. We're fortunate that this thing isn't airborne, you know, to the point to where it's just it's just talking, it's taking people out instantaneously. You know, because you're right. The way our system that's in place right now isn't equipped to handle what, what we got now. So if it was worse, but what I'm saying, any system that you put in place, there's no there's no perfect way of doing things. It, something could happen no, even if we did it even if it was set up the way that you're speaking there still could be detrimental outcome 
You know, the, of course there can be detrimental outcomes. We're not talking about zero sums. We're talking about minimizing, uh, minimizing the catastrophe itself. And there are plenty of systems that we can compare it to that have done that. Look at Japan. I, I live here. I see what a single health or what is a point of service a healthcare system is. And how many deaths do we have? Nowhere close to America. And it's not because of population, because if we do per capita deaths, it's still lower. So we're not talking about the same thing because we're not seeing the same thing. I, I, I'm seeing how the government is responding in real time. I'm seeing how the healthcare facilities are responding in real time in Japan. And I know that um, we have family members that work in the healthcare industry there, but they're all run by a government that is run by money. And we can't keep making excuses for not changing that system. I'm not, I'm not making excuses for not changing it. I'm just saying that even if we do change it, it, it doesn't mean that it will be better all the way across the board. Now, the question that I want to ask you is, living in Japan and, 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 and dealing with a, a healthcare system that is more favorable to the common man and to the people, are there any sacrifices that are being made in order for a system like that to be in place? And what, and what I mean is, is there anything that the people are giving up that that allows the uh, that allows the system over there to exist the way it does. No, and here's why: um, because this, well, for one, the system has been in place. The system has been in place for a long time. Um, but the way the system is run, um, there's no taking money off the top um, for a CEO. It's a government-run okay. system. Yeah, I'm not just, um, as far as I'm not just, as far as the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the people is concerned. Are the people sacrificing anything by being on this healthcare system? Again, the answer is no. They're not. There is no person who's like, oh well, um, I can't afford it, so I can't be on it. No, it's based on what you make. So you're not you're not going to be um, charged out the wazoo, even though you don't make enough money to pay that. No, it's based on what you make. Okay. Okay. So like, and that's that's what I'm saying. It's a system that, like, yeah, it's not perfect, and I'm not yelling at you. Guys. No, no, no. I'm not yelling at you. You yelling the machine. I got. I'm not saying. I got something. But like, but it's it's this constant line that, oh well, it's not going to solve everything, or uh, the cost is too much. Oh well, change is going to be too hard. Okay, well, let's look at it like this. Let's see. It's still March, right? Yeah. March Last March second, I I think March second, I believe, uh, was Super Tuesday. I think March second or third was uh, was Super Tuesday. We were nowhere close to this. Yeah, March third was Super Tuesday. None of this was even it, like we never even imagined this would happen. From March second, or sorry, from March third, when everyone was laughing at Andrew Lang's idea of the UBI, or Andrew Yang, excuse me, his idea of the UBI laughing at Medicare for all, screaming how we're going to pay for it, laughing at the idea that the economic system would ever be this bad and that Donald Trump would be able to run on the economic system four weeks later. Exactly four weeks later, we are in an economic catastrophe with everyone screaming how Medicare for all should have been done a while ago and where uh, people are screaming for the UBI. 
life comes at you fast. <laughs> so people can keep making excuses for not changing things because it would be difficult. Change or be changed. Like, but make no mistake, change will come for you. Well, yeah, change, it just won't be the change that you like. Change is inevitable. You know, the change, change, there's always going to be some system of change. You know, and I, and I think what you're what you're saying to some degree um, has a lot of merit. But when you have when you have people that um, I gotta put this when you have people who don't have the foresight to see the benefit in the change. I mean, the benefit of the change seems obvious to you. It see it seems obvious, and on its merit, it is healthcare for all, not having to pay insurance. Uh, having to be bogged down by medical um, expenses and um, health insurance, you know, seems great. And I'm all for it. I would love to experience that in my lifetime. Um, however, you know, people are afraid of, of what, and it kind of goes to what I was just trying to, to get across to you, and I don't think I did it well. Um, there's always going to be a sacrifice. And people are afraid of the fine print. They don't know what's coming with it. Okay, so coronavirus has given, you know, the United States the the reality and the fear that it always feared, you know, and it's and it's given justification that we need a better healthcare system. You know, we should be better prepared for this situation. Somehow our um, our leaders are gonna spin this and say that it's not the healthcare system. It's manufacturing. We should have been better prepared to manufacture the things that we needed in order to take care of the demand that we were swapped with. You know, there's going to be a spin on this. And people are going to look at it like, well, the healthcare system has always been a problem. We've always had a problem with the healthcare system. Um, so, healthcare system for all, I mean, healthcare for all may not necessarily be the answer, but maybe we could tweak it here or there. You know, same thing with the education system. You know, having to teach kids from home, it's a great idea, but we need to tweak it, but we still need to have them out of the house of some sort. And and I guess what I'm trying to say is, yeah. I agree with you on the premise that it needs to change, but people aren't that acceptable, are susceptible to change overnight. And even though, yeah, a month later, here we are, we thought we would never be here, but here we are, you know, it still isn't going to make, it still isn't going to rewrite human um, the human dynamic of, of, of fearing change and resisting change. And that's all. Well, the thing is, the only people who are, the only people who are resisting this change are the richest people involved. Like seventy nine percent of people poll or seventy nine percent of people polled all want Medicare for all. So yeah. like, and even the people who have voted for Biden want Medicare for all. Like this is the thing that bothers me most is that people are like, oh, well, change is so difficult. Yeah, duh. However, if it's something you want, you'd be willing to sacrifice a little bit of discomfort for a lifetime of comfort. It's not even. It's not, I don't so, think it's about the discomfort. I think it's about you know so so used to doing things a certain way. You know that you know why change it now? Even if you can see the it, that 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 I get what you're, that. No one's used to. No one's okay with dying. No, but we all do it. No one's used to it and uncomfortable, no. but everybody does it. Everybody... No, but like that's. Go ahead. I, I just, 
I can't, I can't, I can't meet you on the on this bridge. I can't meet you on this bridge because what you're saying to me, like it fundamentally doesn't compute for me. Because what you're saying is that, oh, well, people just are so used to suffering. People are just so used to paying bills. People not, are so used not, to, uh, to being to going bankrupt from getting cancer. I'm, no. saying that. I'm saying that, but I'm also saying that even with the with the changes that you're implementing, people don't have the certainty that that shit still won't happen. You know what I'm saying? Things have changed throughout the, throughout the uh, course of time. We've seen change. You know, people were once in bondage that are not in bondage, but they still feel in bondage. You, you can have this change. No system, and by your own admission, no system is not without its faults. People will, 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 will ultimately, in another 30, 40 years, you'll have, your, your generation will have its way. You will have healthcare for all. You will have universal health care. You will, you will have all the things you ask for. And trust me when I say this, there will be something wrong with it. It may not be as wrong as it is now, but there will be something wrong. And then there will be another group of people coming behind you wanting to change it. And that's well, not an excuse I'm, for I'm not, now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't change. I'm saying be leery I mean, not Larry, be, be aware that with this change, there's going to come some sacrifices. And some people, not saying me, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying me, because I've lived in poverty. I know what hard times look like. I, I, I didn't grow up with, with, with a lot of shit. I know, I know what struggle looks like. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying me, but there are some people who are going to resist it. And it's not all rich, because if it was all rich, Trump wouldn't be in office. Poor people have been led like sheep for centuries. How do you think Trump got, got in office? Yes. Well, yeah, because, but, but you have to look at what Trump promised. Trump, Trump promised this. Like, that's like people. People think, oh, well, like they're right. sheep and they're just dumb. No, no, no. But like, look at, but look at what he promised them. He promised them this. He promised them the same thing that Bernie, Bernie uh, Sanders is promising. The difference is one was a real populist and one was manipulating populism for his capitalist gains. Why, let me ask you something. And this, this is a question that a sociology professor asked us in class um, once. He said, why do you think Poor people go along, have gone along with um, the tax breaks and and all the things that go to the rich, you know. And and people look around class, and and um, no one can really give a good answer. Every answer someone gave was wrong. He said because they poor people have. I have a great answer. He said that. poor people. Okay, let me hear what your answer is before I give you what he said. Poor people believe that one day they'll be rich, and that's why they enact they continue to enact policies for rich people because they believe it is possible for them to attain that kind of. That and that's exactly what he said. That was exactly the answer. Poor people believe one they'll be rich, yeah. so they don't want to take away from that which they hope to become. That's why people play the lottery. You know, the lottery is one of the biggest hopes that that that. Uh, I mean, if it goes to funding the education system, but People spend thousands and thousands of dollars on the lottery. Why do you think casinos are still going on? Because people believe in, in that they're going to be rich. 
So anyone could come in, not, and I mean anyone, you know, especially when it comes to Trump, anyone could come in and sell you a dream that one day this could be you. Act now, you know, and we'll give you this. So when that when that's go, when that's been going on for so long, you know, it's hard it's hard to be optimistic in the sense that you know whoever's in charge, be it Bernie, Biden, or Trump, whoever, that there's gonna it's gonna come with some bullshit. You know, and I know I'm the cynic. I'm the cynic on the show. Um, I just believe, regardless of what, who's in there, poor people are still gonna suffer. Even if, and that's why I was asking you. So, everything is okay over in Japan. There's no, there's no problems with with the way the system's running over there. Because I've yet to see anywhere on the map where utopia is a country. I didn't say that there's no I, problems. I, 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 I just said I the, health, the healthcare system, the healthcare system isn't okay. a problem here. The healthcare system is okay, not so a problem this, here. Right? The, is there any problem over there that could be traced to the healthcare system or be a byproduct or side effect of a system like that being in place? No, the problem here is from really societal norms not changing like there are no like the healthcare system is not the problem here so much as the there are another there japan has its own issues like but healthcare isn't the issue okay like i mean it's a great problem to have it they the problems that they have are hard problems but good problems to have for a first world country uh i wish america had japan's problems to be honest to be honest I wish we did, but America is too complex yeah. um, of a place to have the problems that Japan I, has. I think um, America. Well, you said it. America's too complex. Oh, sorry. Let me let me let me let me let me rephrase that. Sorry. Let me rephrase that. Japan is so too different, or America is too diverse of a place to have the same kind of problems that okay. Japan has. Um, Japan's problems more stem from what their society is versus what it was versus what it wants to be whereas America's American society is very much a pull on what what people are happy with now what the uh, what people were happy with before and what people believe that they deserve to have in the future so very different kinds of, uh, of societies um, very different aspirations for those societies and I, I i actually we should probably go into a deep dive of this sometime soon um because i think people would be really interested in lear- learning the differences between these two societies and why coronavirus has hit japan differently um is real can really be traced back to how the society reacts to these kinds okay of things. yeah that's a, i mean i'm interested in, that's why i was asking you know how is it is there any byproducts of of the way your system works over there, you know, because I'm—I mean, I'm not trying to, and and I and I and I don't mean to come across like you know what you're saying isn't going to work because just because it works there, it ain't going to work here. All I'm saying is I don't know. I'm cu- I'm curious to know because I want I want there to be a system in place where you know people ain't sacrificing food for healthcare. You know, I would love for a system to be in place where everyone can be taken care of. 
I'm just of the mindset that nothing comes for free. That I mean, there's no such. I just don't believe in, in anything. Being if you give someone something here, it has to come from someone. You know, and I know what you're saying. But see that? See that? That's mother culture. Yeah. That right there. I mother, just said. And I agree with you 101. percent It is mother culture, and and but it's just it's hard for me to see at this stage. How can you give me something and it not come from nowhere? How can you pluck an apple from the ether and it still be as juicy of an apple as if it came from the tree? It's not. It's not plucking it from the ether. And I think this is really getting to the philosophy of things. And so, like, sorry to to get all uh-huh. metaphysical out there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But to to me, the 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 idea of this is it's not coming from the ether. What it is, is we are collectively cultivating the earth. We are collectively coming together um, to make this particular thing possible. And that's why society, and I felt like I said I was going to save this, but I, I'm going to say a small point. That's why this uh, Japanese society is very much different than American society. America requires tragedy to unite. Japan doesn't require that. Like Japan or Japanese people are Japanese always yeah. first. American people are not. American people are individuals first, then their neighborhood, then their culture, then their um, whatever subset or sexuality, then their sports team, then everything else, then American. Yeah. yeah. That's a significant barrier. That's a significant barrier in mindset and in infrastructure to get things and, and, done. And you know what? I would I would love to dive into this with you um, in, a, in an upcoming episode because I think that's a, that's a great topic. You know, why it works there and not here. And you just pretty much laid out the reason why. And um, it's, I think it's also the reason why where you don't see any other Americans. You know, I mean, there's a Canada, you know, uh, where or mixed diverse people or whatever, but you don't see the experiment of America happening um, anywhere else, and I think that, and, and I want to say that it's a, it's a, well, part of me does. It's a failed experiment. You know, you don't, you don't come to a land, take it from its people, and then bring other people over to build the land, and then push the people off to the side and treat them the way you did, and then expect two hundred years later or hundred whatever years later for the society not to still feel something in regards to that but yet you want to you want to project to the world that we are a united state when all you have to do is look around you and see that there's nothing united about these states you know but you look at i remember taking a world history class and um i was assigned india for a uh to do a paper on and one of the things that i remember years and years ago one of the things i remember is that India has always been India. You know, the people of India have always been Indian. And what struck me about that is that, you know, these people's history, you know, and, and culture has always been what it, what it is. You know, so there hasn't been, a, there may have been some type of generational change and value change and dynamic shifts or whatever, but the people are still the people of that land. We don't have that here in America. You know, the pe- the people of this land 
you don't even see every day. Was like, I mean, I mean, I I can't ask you this question because you're not here, but you ask the average American, what's the last time you see a, a Native American? Unless you live out west, you don't you don't see the people of this land. So the history of this land has been the history that it comes from a people who weren't even from here, and and I think that's but the funny. The funny thing is because of what you just said, like actually you don't have to go out west and that's how separated we are from the people of the land are there so there's some uh there's a uh, there's actually a tribe whose land actually is getting taken by the department of, in, of the interior uh right now uh in massachusetts um like which is east coast there's also a couple of other tribes in virginia and ten or sorry virginia south carolina and tennessee I mean, people just don't know because they right. don't care. And, and, and the, the fact that, you know, the fact that you're in Japan and know that, and I'm here in America and don't know it, you know, speaks to something. Not the fact that I don't care, that I'm not, you know, concerned, but it's just not, it's, it's, it's not accessible information to the point to where I can, I can scroll yeah. through my Google timeline, I turn on CNN or my local news and see it. You know, that's information that you seek out. Yeah. That's not information that's provided. You know, and it and it speaks yeah. to what you were saying about here in America where neighborhood, community, team, you know, so on and so forth, where where you are, it's the people of. You know, the, the you know, the, the people of Japan. You know, and and even though we're from America and um we call ourselves American, but we're reminded every day that, you know, what 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 ship we came on. You know, the the Mayflower yeah. of Amistad. You know, so um and 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 also what class structure we fall into. So but yeah, man, I mean I, I change is definitely needed and the coronavirus has uh most definitely put its fingerprint on the world. And um revealed itself or made the world reveal itself to itself you know especially here in America you know and I'm glad that it's not I'm glad that, it's, yeah. that where you are it's not uh, wreaking as much havoc as it is here because you know um, we went to go pay our taxes this morning um, our property tax and our place was closed <laughs> they won't pay money <laughs> but the place is closed you know, and they told us, look, we, we, we ain't open the door for you, but, uh, you know, call the sheriff's department and, uh, they taking the money. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's yeah. man, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's a new, it's a new world. You know, it's, it's, it's a whole new world, man. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't say that Japan has escaped, has escaped tragedy, but Corona has shown, has, um, given the world a mirror. And everything that the world is, they are finding out about themselves, um, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, um, or just the cold. The cold indifference is, is something that people are learning, too, that, you know, no matter what you do sometimes, you know, chaos will prevail. Um, but, but I think that's a good point for us to be like talk about some good stuff because we've been getting away from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been kind of passionate and heated. So yeah, let's let's just talk about some good. What you got? Okay, me. Um, <laughs> man. 
So I, you I know, know I can't talk to never but so But no, no, I got uh, it. I'll, I'll go first. So uh, my good stuff is the Olympics got rescheduled, and I know that sounds silly, um, like, but it's such a big deal. Like, I, I mean, again, like everyone knows, I live in Japan. Um, the Olympics was it was such a big deal. It was such a point of pride. Um, my students were prideful about it. Like random people were prideful about it. Prideful about it. You know, you see businessmen with pins on their on their lapels. Um, prideful about showing the world this re reopening of Japan to the world, um, and you know when it got canceled uh, or postponed, excuse me, it was like this this huge letdown. I mean, business were going to suffer, people were going to suffer. There was like this. They talked. They called it the cursed Olympics, um, and so like to have a new date something to look forward to, um, something to work towards, um, I think is a very, is a very good thing. I mean, you know, you can't build anything without hope. You can't do anything without hope, nothing productive at least. Um, so the fact that, you know, um, the people here in Japan have something, um, some, so a little light of hope, um, in the midst of this crisis, as they um, continue to fight against it, as the world continues to fight against it, I think this is this could this could be a torch, um, no pun intended. This Olympic torch could be a torch for the world to look at that light and have something to run towards as they continue to um, to struggle with the darkness that is the coronavirus. Wow. So that's my uh, well said, man. That, that was that was poetic. <laughs> You know, and and true, and true. Now I'm not trying to minimize. Don't don't. Uh, but what you say was is it was poetic, but true. You know, a torch for people to light up the darkness for people to run to. It gives people hope, something to look forward to. And um, I mean, even over here in America, they they've been, you know, going back and forth about you know uh, a uh, a summer without no Olympics. You know, how how's the summer Olympics going to affect the NBA, and how's it going to affect you know, the, the college athletes that were looking forward to participating in the Olympics. So, and, and the people that um, that genuinely enjoy watching the Olympics. You know, I'm a big fan of the Summer Olympics, the track, the track and field, and things of that nature. Um, yeah. I was in Atlanta um, uh, in 96 uh, for the Olympics. You know, we uh, I was stationed at Fort Benning and uh, we cleared out um, we had to clear out and set up barricades and stuff like that. And, you know, we got to see a portion of it. Got to see Ali um, with the torch, you know. So, I mean, I've all, now the Winter Olympics, I'm not really a big, you know, I like the ice skating and uh, the the little, I can't think what it's called, but when they shave the ice and the little round thing goes down it. Oh, because I don't curling. know why that fascinates me so damn much, but I could sit and watch that, that for hours. But um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The, yeah. the intensity <laughs> of it, you know. So it's like me watching Marvel racing the other on CNN. I've been on ESPN. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and we're not turned away from it. I mean, I'm like, is this what it's come <laughs> to? Um, my good stuff is uh, I got a phone call last night from a guy that um I was stationed with over in Germany. Um. Ronald Jones and uh, me and this guy I mean 
we, we've talked periodically, you know, throughout the year. You know, we, we may talk about three or four times out the year. And it's always great to uh, hear from him. Um, we were in Desert Storm together. Uh, in the, you know, we lived in the barracks together. He uh, was just, just a great guy. And um, called me last night. And uh, he's a big Laker fan, just like me. Um, but he's a Cowboys fan. And so we, we got to talking about there's no sports and what we're going to do. And, and I said, man, I said, let's, let's start our own league, man. Let's get a, I said, I might go, go get me a PlayStation this week and uh, we can do uh, online uh, football, Madden or whatever. So, you know, we were just going back and forth and reminiscing. And then we got caught up in this, this time loop or this time shift of, you know, 1991 to now, you know, and it, it just, mm-hmm. And we started talking about the blink of an eye. And I told, I told him about you. I said, yeah, I have a son um, who just transitioned out of the Air Force. Um, and he's living over in Japan. And he's like, oh, Husky, I remember your son. I remember you having a picture of him on your wall. Like, you said, him? I'm like, yeah, him. And, you know, we were just talking about in the blink of an eye, a generation can fall and rise. You know, and what, what made it so good is just that this guy knew me when I was 19 years old. You know, we were we were in Germany from the time that I was 19 to 22, 21, 22, uh, right before I turned 22. Um, he watched me join a fraternity over there. I mean, he, this guy had been a been an integral part of of uh, of a transitioning time in my life, and um, for him to remember a picture I had of you. When you were when you were really small, um, was just really good, man. Just just to c- catch up and talk. And he lives in Nebraska. He lives out in the heartland. And um, you know, man, it's still winter. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you know it, was, it was 80 yeah. degrees the other day here in Kentucky. So man, it's still winter here. You know. So, but the good of it was that you know, um, two brothers from from a from a period of time. Um, reconnecting and and still finding reasons and having reasons to smile you know over the foolishness that we uh embarked upon in our youth you know and to still be around and you know we were we were exchanging phone numbers of other guys that were in our unit uh from that period of time man. and uh it just it just you know when i got off the phone i just sat there for a second and um just kind of smiled man i stand Jones, you know, and it, it, it's just a good feeling to, to have those connections. And I mean, I, I know this isn't the, uh, the Olympic scale event, as far as what. And, uh, <laughs> but okay. I mean, when you get older, you know, you you relish and um, you appreciate the relationships that you that you've been able to cultivate over time. And um, you know, for him to think about me last night and just call out the clear blue, you know, and, and when I looked at the phone and I seen his name and I seen that 407 area code and I answered the phone and I was like, Jonesy, he's like, what's up, Husky? <laughs> you know, so, and it just, back and forth, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's, it's the goodness of camaraderie. So, but yeah, that's it for me, man. Uh, you know, and I, I don't think that's something that that you can only appreciate in old age. I mean, in this time where everyone's isolated, that you have like 
quarantine in place and and stay home like when you're when you're all alone like that a phone call from a friend you know that could be all the i mean that could mean all the the money in the world i mean especially because i mean people and i don't i'm not going backwards or anything into the subject but like you know people have more things going on with them than coronavirus depression you know there some people are stuck right. with their abusers you know like like people that phone call that some people make it might be the thing that, that saves their life um so i i i love that, that. that phone call story, could be like, someone's I mean, torch in the darkness you know so um, you know so exactly um you know in closing man you know if you ever talk to someone in a while uh this you know that this um this pandemic is got people that you know cooped up with people that they may not want to be cooped up with you know reach out and text somebody you know um call and check on someone shoot, shoot someone a text for a funny meme you know i got a friend of mine we don't we we told ourselves for the first six months of the year we was going to compensate in memes because um we were trying to get used to doing this new thing and you know me and this guy we, we've been friends since the 70s so every day we shoot each other a series of memes, no more than four, uh, to tell the other person something. And the other person has to figure it out and respond to me. So it's 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 funny, you know, but um you'd be surprised how you can brighten someone's day just by saying, Hey man, I hope everything's all right with you. So, you know, please please reach out and touch somebody. Yeah, and uh, I guess I'll I'll wrap things up with a bow. Um, yeah, be the torch, or or and find a smile. I mean, um, the world is dark, and there's no reason for it to stay that way. Each person can can do something uh, for somebody else. So hopefully, Dopio uh, can be that little bit of spark that lights your flame um, this week, and uh, we'll be back at it next week. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Please hit the subscribe and the like button. Give us your comments. Give us your questions. Mm-hmm. Give us your fury. Give us up. Give us, uh, give us a little spark. Yeah, right. give us a little spark back. Um, but thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will right. see you guys next week. L- l- later. <laughs>